Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 153 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We are continuing our What You Might Have Missed Down the Stretch series here, kind of a long name, but we'll be talking about hitters today with a great guest. But before we bring on that guest, let's bring in my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clegg. Chris, have you been enjoying the first round of the playoffs? It's been good. I mean, the without a, I think the Mets game's still going, but the Mets are about to flop out in the wild card. You know, bottom of the ninth, six zero. So that's that's kind of fun. I mean, you know, obviously as a Braves fan, you don't hate to see that. And otherwise, it's been pretty good. I mean, Philly's coming to town. The AL was two quick games for for both sides, and Mariners in Cleveland. Like that's that's fun to see both those win. So it's been good so far, and looking forward to the rest of the postseason. Jared Kelnick leading the Seattle Mariners into the second round, like I told everybody he would. (laughs) Because, of course, he's the driving force. Our guest is giving me a look right now, like, you're crazy, dude. (laughs) Had to do it. But let's bring on our guest here. Everyone knows our guest. You can find his written work, Baseball HQ, Fantasy Pros, at Fantrax as well, and their new venture, Gaining the Edge, which I'll let him talk about here in a few minutes. Also on the infamous Benched with Bubba podcast, the man that goes by that name, Bubba. How's it going, man? Thanks for coming on. No problem, gentlemen. Great to be back on the Tool Shed with you guys. Always fun chatting it up with you two awesome gentlemen. I'm still waiting to find out who the awesome guest is, by the way. You said some really smart, great guests. I'm looking forward to seeing who that is. It's, but, it's uh, Curland. Oh, great. <laughs> good, good. There goes my, my internet's going out. But uh, yeah, no, it's a pleasure being back with you guys. Uh, you mentioned all the, the places you can find me. Benched with Bubba is the the go-to with all the written content and gaining the edge fantasy is the new little deal with Mike Curlin, as you mentioned, Michael Simeone and Jorge Montanez, three awesome guys that most people should know in this community. If they do not already a little Patreon deal, be a lot of free stuff, but also discords and other written content as the season ramps up. So come support us over there. If you'd like, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun for four guys putting all their work together in one spot to make it happen for you. Yeah. So I, I was kind of like poking around a little bit the other day and you get a lot of fun stuff in there. Like, some DFS stuff, obviously, you know, streamers with Simeon, some lineup stuff, some bullpen stuff. So a lot of fun little stuff in there. Yeah, a little bit of everything to get going. We'll have a bunch of stuff for like a little draft kit that'll be constant information coming out for you with rankings and profiles and ADP debates and all kinds of other stuff. But yeah, Simeon's bringing his streamers deal. Curlin's being, bringing his, his lineups. George is bringing his, his bullpen work. I'll bring some DFS, then we'll throw some other stuff in there as well. There's a bunch of things we've discussed that are on the Patreon already and potentially some other things coming around once we get a kind of our feet settled in there. So it's, it's going to be a fun deal. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody go follow that. You can find that on Twitter at Gaining the Edge. And obviously everyone knows the four fine gentlemen that are doing that. So you can follow all of them on Twitter as well. It's going to be a fun episode today. But before we get into the episode, the usual housekeeping you can find all of us on Twitter. Chris is at Rotoclay. I'm at Eric Cross04. Our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And Bubba is at B D E N T R E K. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Those ratings and reviews always mean a lot. Helps with a lot of stuff there. And check out our Patreon as well, patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both Chris and I and our YouTube channel for plenty of video throughout the offseason. And of course, check out all the other great work that Fantrax and Fantrax HQ have to author. We have 2023 baseball leagues already open. That's a lot of fun things. You don't want to wait. Got leagues already open. 
and plenty of great content on HQ for whatever fantasy sports you are into. All right, we'll talk about hitters today, what you kind of missed down the stretch, September, a little bit of August as well. We'll start with some star hitters that are kind of ended hot. You know, earlier in the season, most of these guys weren't doing so well, but ended on a fury here. We'll start with Bo Bichette, who kind of quietly was one of the better hitters over the last, you know, five, six weeks or so. I look back from August 1st to the end of the season. Bichette in 251 plate appearances, slash 345, 386, 562, 10 home runs, six steals. Kind of ended the season, you know, not quite as, you know, good as the overall numbers were last year, down a little bit, especially in the speed department, but still under, I think it was top 20 on the Raswell Player Raider. So it'll be a fun one to see where he ends up in ADP next year. Bubba, what are your what are your thoughts here? Are you you buying back into Bichette, or do you you still kind of a little down on him from what we saw earlier in the year? Oh, I'll buy back in. It's just the the realization that I think many smart people were saying going into draft season is maybe expect the stolen bases to come back a bit, but you still ended up with twenty four homers, thirteen steals, hit two ninety. Those are great numbers from a middle infielder. It's a shortstop so deep. So do you have to take that risk? Is the question. But you mentioned the hot finish. Like, if you even just do September alone, he hit 406 with seven homers, four stolen bases, striking out 14% of the time. Dude was insanely good. Really looking like the guy most of us drafted and hoped he would be. So I think there's a lot to like about him going forward. That that Toronto team as a whole scuffled early in the season, and then they really got things going as, as it went on. So I think they kind of all rode together. Even Vladdy got it going. So I'm fine with Bichette. I don't think he's a first-rounder anymore. He might be a more of a second-rounder, which makes him much more – palatable but i think he's still a very good guy that still has 2020 upside but at least probably 25 15 should be very reasonable yeah so with bachette i mean you can't really be disappointed if you ended up drafting him i mean yeah he was going what top five i think his adp was probably around fifth overall but the season still ended pretty solid you didn't get the stolen bases that you may have hoped for but I still feel like overall he had a really good season. He finished on the player Raiders, Eric mentioned, in 17th. So still got plenty of production there. And I can't be upset with that, especially, you know, with a first rounder, you just can't afford for them to completely bust. And as you said, Bubba, if he goes second round, then I'll be thrilled to get him in the second round next year. If you can, I mean, just thinking about the hitters that could go in the first round this year, the player pool is looking pretty good the way it's shaped i have no clue how adp will look but i mean if bachette's going in the second i'll be very very happy to get him yeah as would i because i you know i've always been a big bachette guy love him drafted him in a lot of leagues this year so you know getting into august when he was still kind of you know performing at like what back end top 100 pace it was it was a bit of a bummer but he kind of showed that he still can be and maybe he's not first round talent like maybe you know, it's, it's possible we saw the best season out of him last year, but still, you know, in a good Toronto lineup, got a lot of good young bats around him. You know, five category guys, maybe he's not 25 steel guy, maybe he's more like the 12 to 15 guy moving forward, but good all around player. So yeah, I think, you know, depending on where he ends up, you know, I've always been a Bichette guy, so I, I can see myself buying him. If this ADP is kind of, I don't know, like 20, 25 range, I think that's maybe where he'll end up if I had to venture a guess. I guess he must have buying back in at that point in time, but we'll see. He'll be interested to see where he ends up. Yeah, he went in the early, early draft that a bunch of us did on the NFPC that counts for 2023. He went 3.2, pick 32, which awesome. is going to, you, you're he's not going to go that late, but no, um, that, that'll creep steal. up. Yeah, that's a steal. Yeah, 32. Absolutely. You, you, you can't get that type of five category production. Well, you can, but it's rare to get that, that pick 32. So I'd be very happy with that. This next guy, too, it would be fun to see where he ends up. Eloy Jimenez, who I think would have gotten a lot more kind of love and you know, for what he was doing down the stretch if it wasn't for, you know, what Judge was doing and you know guys like, you know, Goldschmidt and Alonzo, these big bashers, what they were doing. But since August 1st, Eloy Jimenez, 320, 393, 535, 11 home runs, 38 RBI was one of the top in RBI down the stretch as well. 10.5% walk rate, 20.5% K rate. He was top, uh, right on top 10 or so in both WOBA and WRC plus. I think he actually was 11th in both of those categories for qualified hitters down the stretch. So, you know, obviously he doesn't provide any speed there, but 
Got that elite kind of four-category potential, especially if the average stays high at 295 overall this year, but missed you know first half of the season. You know, is he another one that you're going to buy back in on Bubba next year? If the price is right, the talent has never been an issue with Eloy. It's always been the health, and it happened again this year. 84 games, like it's tough to pay a premium for that to make it work. Now again, the price is right. We can talk because the power is ridiculous. He always hits for average, still at 295 on the season with his 16 home runs. You mentioned his August numbers. He hits the ball hard too, like an almost a 12 percent barrel rate, 54 percent hard hit rate since August 1st. So we know the talent is there. No stolen bases, of course, which makes it kind of tough to go early. At least the way I draft, I like to get a little something when I'm drafting early. Yeah. But uh, there's no denying the talent. It's just the health. That's your concern. Like, would you be going, if he somehow moves up to like round three, it's like him or T. Oscar, I'd probably go T. Oscar. That's probably where I'm going. If it's Eloy and, say, George Springer, that's an interesting question. That That's fun because a lot of history of injuries on both sides. So for me, it's the injuries. Obviously, anything can happen, but I'd like to see him healthy come spring and see how it goes from there. I would love to see a fully healthy season from Jimenez because we, you know, we see it, the prospect pedigree he had. You know, you said all the talent is there. It's going to stop, you know, jumping for meaningless fly balls in spring training here, and hopefully we'll be good. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. But Chris, where, where are you at on Jimenez here? Yeah, I love the talent. And as you mentioned, I think just the injury risk is probably going to keep me away. He's going to have a season where he plays a full year and puts up monster numbers. And I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on it just because the risk. I mean, the only season that he's really played a full year was in 2020. And we know that was the Gordon year. He played 55 of 60 games. Other than that, the most he's played was his rookie year in 2019. That was 122 games, 55 last season, 84 this year. It's just a risk that, yeah, I don't want to run, especially like he's going to go fairly high. I'd be willing to venture and say that he goes top 75 pretty easily, maybe, maybe pushing like 60 ADP. So, if it's that cost, I probably just can't do it. I just need more. I guess I've become more risk adverse the each year. And you know, looking at this, like looking at the profile, like yeah, I'd, I'd love to get someone that gives me a potential at thirty-five home runs and a, a three hundred average, but I just can't bank on that when he can't stay on the field. Yeah, and I'd be willing to say that I think he's one that you know if you get drafted you know later on like in March and he starts off spring training hot. That ADP is just going to skyrocket. It could be like a top 50 ADP if he has a hot start to the spring, just given like the talent and the name he has, how he ended the season. I think that'll be in the back of everyone's mind there too. So, yeah, I, I've always kind of liked Eloy too. Dating back to his prospect days, always been a big you know Eloy Jimenez guy. He was coming, coming through the uh, Cubs system. But I am a bit worried that he's just going to be one of those guys where he, he played 122 games his rookie year. That's great. I forget when exactly he came up. But, you know, since then, he's played in – See, last two years, 139 games combined the last two years. And so I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of risk adverse as well, especially like the, my building blocks. Unless it's like I'm getting a crazy value. Like say, say he fell to like pick 110 for some odd reason. Like I'd be absolutely. So I think I'm with Bubba, uh, both of you guys really, about where the price tags are to be and you know, fall Bubba back in. But I, I want to see. I want to see where I probably won't get him in my, my first handful of drafts. I want to see where he lands up. But. If the ADP is fine, I'll, I could probably see myself buying him. He's got like Pete Alonzo upside. Like you see what Alonzo did this year. Eloy has that upside. He can go 40 and 120 over a full season. He definitely has it in him, but can he stay on the field long enough to do that? I think that's just the main question there. Yep. Speaking of providing a little bit of speed, though, how about a catcher that provides some speed and a lot of it? This was the first catcher to go 2020 since Pudge Rodriguez about 22, 23 years ago. And only the second catcher to do that ever. And Pudge was the other one. Mr. JT Real Muto, 22 bombs, 21 steals, 84 RBI, 75 runs scored, and a 276, 342, 478 slash line. And look at, and a lot of that speed was down the stretch, too. Let's see, how many steals did he have after August 1st? I can find it. Nine steals after August 1st. Eight, excuse me. 12 home runs and eight steals after August 1st with a 295, 3 45, 574 slash line. I mean, this one, a lot of us kind of, no, I don't think anybody wrote him off, but maybe he was sort of like, you know, dipping him down rankings a little bit, you know, a little bit older catcher. There's some of the younger options that are kind of rising there, but he showed that he is still the, you know, maybe the number one catcher in baseball. Like, if, is he still that number one catcher for fantasy, Bubba? Yes, he is. Yes, yes, he is. There's that was, to that me, was a quick answer. <laughs> to me, to me, it's not an argument. And, it, 
if people really dig into his season, he was not good early on. People that listen to my show know Toby, that flip crazy, Mr. JTR himself. He's taking a lot of flack on the show for a while early on because people were like, what is this? You take catchers early. He's not good. Well, you give me a 2020 catcher, pretty much does a lot of things for you. That's the beautiful thing about a long baseball season at times. And you mentioned the way you finished the season, hitting 287 in September with eight home runs and four stolen bases as a catcher. For those that are keeping track at home, usually catcher stats go down as the season goes on because they've right. gotten beaten up and tired. His went the opposite direction given he gets the DH some, but the dude's a beast. He's an absolute monster. He started the season with a best up thumb. That healed up. JTR showed up. For now, he's still the best catcher until proven otherwise to me. I think there's 20-plus home run bat in Philadelphia all times for him. I think 20 steals might be a little aggressive out of a catcher, but you never know. The dude's a freak. He's a special talent, and he likes to run. So he's still the number one for me. I get it. Some people don't like to take catchers early, but you get a catcher like that. That's why I love Dalton Varsho, too. Like These guys are game changers for your, your, your roto lineups, and, and JTR is one of those guys. Yeah, even if he goes back down to what he did last year, which was 13 steals, You'll take Still that. Outstanding. Outstanding. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like he has the higher like Varsho, I think, could get up there. You know, Varsho was at what? He had 20, was it 28 and 15 or something like that. Yep. So I think he, uh, he got, def, definitely has that kind of upside in him, but he's also hit below 250 each of the last two years. Well, JT's kind of always in that 265, 270, 275 range, 276 this year. So yeah, I think he's probably the best combination right now of kind of ceiling and that high floor as well chris what are your thoughts yeah and i think the changes with the bases and the pickoffs next year like that's only going to help him like especially someone who's in their 30s in a catcher like typically we see the stolen bases decline but i think this is really benefits a player like real muto who's going to continue to run i think you can kind of bank on that there yeah you mentioned just September stats, even the second half, like he was just so good over the second half, hit 307 after the all-star break, 252 prior, 14 home runs over that time, nine stolen bases. So that's just absolutely incredible from a catcher. And as you mentioned, like the, it's just worth paying up to get this kind of value out of your catcher spot when so many people are taking – you know, virtual zeros in some sense. If you wait in a 15-team two-catcher league, like you're getting so much value out of the catcher spot that others aren't. So, yeah, I think that he will be my number one, despite some others making pushes. But, yeah, it's I don't see the decline coming in 2023 for him. I don't either. And I've got to start tackling catchers. I hate to use a fancy football reference, but it fits. The way I've started tackling, like, kickers and defenses. You know, like the old adage, like when you started playing, like, oh, I take those spots the last two rounds. We look at like what the top defense, what the top kicker was doing compared to like, you know, the seventh or eighth ones in terms of the points scored. And it's like, it made sense to invest. It's kind of how I look in catchers. Like Chris was kind of saying, you get down, especially in the two catcher formats, you get down to the dregs, which is what after, you know, catcher 15 or so. <laughs> it, it, it happens pretty quickly, even, if, even though it's a bit deeper and it's still getting deeper. But yeah, I've, I've had leagues and, you know, over in like NFBC, just in two catcher formats in general, where it's like my second catcher is like, just a bunch of crap that I'm cycling through throughout the year, whoever I can find off of waivers. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking to target catcher early. And, and from this, like, the top four, kind of tier one for catchers, that I, as I look at it next year with Varsha, with JT, with Adley, and with Will Smith, I wonder which one's going to fall or how how early these guys are going to go. Like, I wonder which one of the four is going to fall. And that's probably the one I'll probably have a lot of shares of because yeah. and whether that's Will it might be Will Smith. I think it's Will Smith out of that four. Because you got the two power speed guys, you know, and one of them being very young, so that's, you know, got that appeal. Obviously, Adley is the big name. Will Smith, while he's very, very good, he's kind of the quote-unquote boring name yep. out of this top four. So he's probably the one I'll get, get the uh, most, you know, uh, value out of next year, but at least the most. I find him on my team the most, I should say. But it's, it's going to be fun. Catcher's gotten so deep. Yep. Or at least deeper than it used to be. And talk about all the young talent coming up. Like we just added Francisco Alvarez came up. He'll probably be a big factor next year. Logan O'Hoppy out in uh, out in Los Angeles. Uh, Yander Diaz in Houston. Gabriel Moreno. A lot of young catchers. And maybe Joey Bart can figure it out. But, Hopefully. Yeah. Would be nice. He <laughs> shows signs he of life. He shows signs of life every once in a while, but it's just like uh. he had like that two week stretch yeah. in like late August or whatever it was, where like, ooh, look, Joey Bart's doing something. Then he went like do a funk again in September. Yeah. Not I would great. love to see Joey Bar do something, even even if he's just like, even if he can do like what Cal Raleigh did this year, just be like yeah, low I mean, average. About that. Just hit a bunch of, go be Mike Zanino. I'm fine yes, with that. Hit some dingers, even if you yeah. hit 220. Hit me, give me 25 dingers. You'll take yep. that. 
you know, all day long, all day long. Oh. You mentioned Seattle Mariners legend, Cal Raleigh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hitting the walk-off home run to send them into the postseason yep. for the first time in was it 21 years, right? Yep. 2001, I believe. It was like, yep. I think they said Rodriguez was like three months old or something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised it. he wasn't even born yet. I wouldn't that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what was on the each I row? Almost, I was almost graduating high school, so that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> God, takes you back, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and now here we are. Talking about fantasy baseball. Spending our Sunday night week. talking about fantasy baseball when it's the playoffs. <laughs> All right. This is what we do. This is what we do, and we love doing yep. it, too. Yep. All right, let's move over to a pair of, as we put them on our outline, older resurging players. Eugenio Suarez kind of returning to previous form this year. Overall, 236, which is kind of where he used to be. 332, 459, 31 dingers. We look at down the stretch. He cranked 15 home runs after August 1st, which was fourth most in baseball behind Mike Trout, Albert Pujols. Everyone saw that coming. And, of, of course, Aaron Judge, who had 20. But Suarez with 15 of those, 35 RBI, 30 runs scored, and hit 247, 340, 553 down the stretch. Do you think Suarez is kind of back, Bubba, to being the Suarez we kind of saw for a handful of years? Suarez is back to being an option in fantasy if your team build is appropriate. That's the way that's the way I can <laughs> put fair. it. The power is legit. There's no doubt about it. It's just because in recent years he wasn't healthy that often. He stayed healthy for the most part. A couple IL stints, but not long ones this year. But you mentioned 247 since August 1st, 265 batting average in September. So we saw that going. He was healthy at the plate. He's hitting bombs. That's what Suarez does. That's just a matter of staying healthy. So if you're comfortable with some batting average, and to be fair, batting average is down now. So 265 is outstanding. So that's a whole other angle, too. I think he's viable. Probably more of a corner infielder. I don't know if I want to be my starting third baseman. Yeah. But sure. he's he's definitely viable, especially in deep formats. He deserves a roster spot right now. Chris, you buy him back in? Yeah, to an extent. I don't, I don't think he's going to be going high enough in drafts where I'm out. But... I like this Seattle lineup. Obviously, it's going to be continuing to get better. He's there through at least 2024 and has a 2025 club option as well. I don't really see him losing a spot either. And as you mentioned, the power's definitely worth taking a stab on. And you can live with the batting average that he's providing. I mean, since uh, from August 1st to the end of the year, a 247 average, like you can certainly live with that when he's giving you 15 home runs over two months. And that's even factoring that he missed a couple weeks in September. He was a little bit banged up. So less than 200 plate appearances over the final you know, two months and still giving you 15 home runs. Like, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, he's one where if you need some some power, middle of your draft, he's, he's a solid option. But I don't like to put myself in the situation where I have to draft guys like Eugenio Suarez. He's almost like the – I'm trying to think of who's a speed version. I guess I kind of Nicky Lopez coming into this year. Everyone's like, oh, I need speed on oh, Nicky Lopez. I don't want to put myself in that, you know, that situation with power. Like, oh, I need, I have no power. So if I need to, yeah, I, he, I guess he's fine. But I, I'd rather, I, I'd like to tackle other kind of categories and positions that the part of the draft where he's going to be going. So and I've never been a big Suarez guy. I don't think I'll get any shares of him next year. One, one thing I'll mention with Suarez real quick, though, is even going into this year, Solid OBP source. Just gonna throw that yeah. one out there. Def, yeah. like I had him in Tout Wars with you against you, because uh, yeah. he's really good OBP where it kind of mitigates a lot of his other issues. Right. Yeah. And it, honestly, I feel like power was a bit down this year overall. Yeah, so was. having someone hit 30 plus home runs is a, a bigger factor. You know, who knows what we get next year? Like the, the bouncy ball could be back. Like we don't even have a clue. Yeah. But it only helps that kind of player and I, at least in my – like, I was walking through – this week I've walked through all my leagues and just like what went right, what went wrong. And power was something I was low on in a lot of spots yep. without realizing it. And it's just you kind of – you can miss out on it quick trying to get the power speed guys. And then you end up with guys that hit 15 home runs and you're like, yep. crap, I'm way behind. So I, I like having something – somebody like Suarez at least as an option. Now his ADP may get too high where it's like I, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't really see that happening. It's I just, don't think so. Yeah. There was, there's no, been no hype at all this year. He's kind of done his job and been good. So yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I didn't really hear anybody talking about him down the stretch. Obviously, we were we were kind of focused on you know what Judge was doing, Pujols, and all of that. But yeah, Suarez just quietly said 15 home runs after August 1st. Only three guys had more than him, and he also had 35 RBI, 30 runs scored, and walk rate over 10 percent once again. K rate was only 28.4, which 
you know, 28% is the new 23% these days. Like yeah. same thing with the average, you know, those higher K rates, you know, they're not great, but you can, you can live with them in that range. I mean, judges in that range earlier in the year. So, you know, it can, it can work. So yeah, power was down except for Aaron judge. He was just like, yeah. That's it. I'm gonna go hit a ton of dingers, set the American League home run record, get paid. Yeah, y'all get. Yep. I hope he comes to Boston. I would love him in Boston, man. San Francisco, be... come home, come home. Is he from that area? From Fresno. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's the closest option. He ain't going to Oakland, so it's the closest <laughs> option. <laughs> oh my, yeah, he's there's no way he's going yeah, to Oakland. He's not going to Oakland. Oakland couldn't even retain or didn't even want to retain this next guy we're gonna talk about. So yeah, they're not gonna go out and <laughs> get Aaron Judge for. Oh, just real quick. What do you, what do you think Judge gets? Like year, years in, in AAV. What do you think he's getting? Oh, he's at least get, ten years. Yeah, ten at least, unless he tries to do one of those deals where he can cash in a second time before he's all said and done. But I go get the bag now. I'd say twelve. Let's just go. Let's just say twelve six. Twelve six hundred. Ooh, okay. What do you think? Chris? He's gonna get. He's gonna get forty to fifty a year. So maybe Jeez. I, I might have shot. I might have shot high, but he's gonna get forty to fifty. You, yeah. Do you think the Giants have any chance of doing that? Like, is there any the chance he's on Giants? They got think the so? money. I don't yeah, think they, they do. I don't think they do it, but they got the money. He would be an interesting fit out there. I really, phenomenal. I really think so. Be yeah. a great fit. <laughs> <laughs> if he could teach Joey Bart how to hit. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I mean, you and the Salingers would love that. Yes. Justin and Danielle would absolutely love that. Yes, it'd I be think amazing. that. How old is he? He's he's thirty. He'll turn thirty one to begin next year. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say he gets ten, three forty. I'm just not sure that like the. Uh, I think it's gonna be front loaded, and I could be wrong. I may be way low, but if he doesn't get at least forty a year, he needs to fire everybody in charge of his contract. I could see him front loading it and getting forty that's early fair. on. Signing but, bonus. Yeah, I was thinking like ten four fifty. That's kind of where mine. So that's, I'm like that's in the middle of you guys. That's probably but, fair. I'll be interested to see. I'm probably yeah. low, but. He's gonna get a lot. Like it's a matter of how much he's gonna get. It'll but. be a very large bag. Yes, absolutely will be. All right, last guy before we hit the break here is someone that I, I just don't know how I want to value him going into next year. Elvis Andrews, like I said, couldn't really hack. He wasn't doing much in Oakland. What was he hitting in Oakland? Two thirty seven over one hundred six games. Then goes over to the White Sox. Final forty three games of the year: two seventy one, three hundred nine, four sixty four. Nine bombs and eleven steals kind of was a you know a resurgent Elvis Andrews kind of was a catalyst for them even though you know White Sox didn't make the playoffs like everyone had hoped but any is is there anything to that you think Bubba you look at the metrics and you know they're not great but hey nine home runs eleven steals and forty three games can't go wrong with that but where are you where are you at on Andrews heading into twenty twenty three same place I was this year he's my third shortstop in draft champions leagues I'm not gonna go buying the hype like he's a good ball player but. He's not going to start for the White Sox next year. Tim Anderson will. They have other options they want to get some exposure to. The funny thing is, is because he hit his at-bats that he needed to hit because of the White Sox playing him leadoff, that the A's are paying him $15 million next year now. <laughs> so he's the highest-priced Oakland Athletic for 2023 it's, without being on them. His salary is more than their active payroll is yes. was currently this year. I'm not it's even hilarious. kidding. It's yeah. hilarious. It's absolutely amazing. But I think he's a good ball player. He's formidable. He'll have hot streaks. I'm not looking to get him unless I'm in the deepest of leagues, but I did have him in a lot of DCs for that very reason. If he gets hot, he can get hot. And I like the talent. He's just getting older. I'm not a believer. Like if you get 10, 10, you're happy. And that's not a guy yeah. I'm looking to like chase in a draft. Right. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't really see him being in a spot where he's going to get enough plate appearances to rack up anything. And, and, you know, the hot stretch was, was awesome. Like he definitely probably vaulted some people to wins in their leagues, which is phenomenal. But I just don't see that in Chicago. Like to me, it's, there's just no option for him. Now, you know, they may end up DFA in him and he finds another home and who knows Pittsburgh where he ends up playing. You know, you never know, but it was a perfect fit at the right time for him. But 34 years old, like I just don't really see much more production left. Like this was, this could have been like one of the final hot streaks of his career. Maybe, like you said, in the draft champions when you get him late, but you know, it, it's not he's not really a viable option in, in most leagues for me. I just think it's hilarious that the A's are going to be paying him 15 mil, and it's going to be a reason that they take no other money on this offseason because they have to pay that. So good. Yeah. I, mean, I just had a bad vision of the Red Sox getting him after we let Xander Bogarts go. Mm. He'll be free because the A's are paying his contracts. Whoever right. gets him is getting him for free. 
Yeah. I know, and that's why they're going to do it. It'll be like the Eric Hosmer situation all over again. Like, oh, we don't have to pay him. We might as well. Hey, no. oh. it'll be better than Hosmer. I'll put money on that right now. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, that doesn't take my, like, you, like the three of us, like, one of us could be better than Eric Hosmer. Same. I mean, I played first base. I'm just saying, I, I still get my first baseman's mitt somewhere. I couldn't tell you where at this current point in time. It's in, probably in my storage unit, but I played some first base. I still got the mitt. We'll see. It can't be any worse than Eric Hosmer or Bobby Dahl. <laughs> it was a rough year at first base for the Red Sox. Hopefully, Tristan Cassis can turn things around hmm. in 20. And he had a, he had a nice little you know, hot stretch end of season as well. He started off terrible. It was funny. I watched all the games. I didn't realize I was looking at one, one day and I was like, oh, he's hitting like 071 through like, you know, 70 plate appearances or whatever it was. I was like, wow. Then he went on a hot streak after that. So hopefully he can carry that through. But let's go ahead and take a quick break here to get a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Fantrax Toolshed is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. So join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code TOOLSHED at manscaped.com. It's time to get some new tools for your shed, so head over to manscaped.com today to get 20% off. Their 4.0 package has arrived, as I mentioned, and it's a game changer. Inside this package, you will find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver below the waist deodorant, the Crop Reviver toner, the Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. I'm absolutely blown away by its performance and craftsmanship. This fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof, which means you can use it in the shower, and it has a 4,000K LED spotlight that you need for your most precise shaves. You thought that was good, but Manscaped wanted to up the game even more with the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. It's also waterproof, provides the same skin-safe technology, to help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Reserver Below the Waist Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Below the Waist Toner will change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. And Manscaped will even throw in two free gifts for you in the Performance 4.0 package, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping worldwide using the code TOOLSHED. Don't miss out on this exclusive offer. Head to manscaped.com today and then put the code TOOLSHED in to get 20% off and free shipping. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's go over to some under-the-radar and rising names here from the you know the final month and a half or so of the season. Let's start in Cleveland, Oscar Gonzalez. Now, kind of a, a fun pop-up name as the season wore on. You look at what he did down the stretch. In just in, looking at September for him, 151 plate appearances. Slash 312, 351, 489, six home runs, 20 RBI, and 20 runs scored. You know, he kind of really was a good, big waiver wire pickup, and I think in a lot of leagues when he started heating up in you know, August or so. Are you buying in? Is there something here that you think he can carry over in the next year, Bubba? Yeah, I'm a big Oscar Gonzalez believer. I wrote him up for a few Everwire articles, and I like what we're seeing here. The power was a little even more than expected. I believe there was power. Some people thought there'd be none, but he's young. He's developing. We saw it continue as he went on. His launch angles and all that good stuff has been a consistent development for him. But what I also love to see is consistent playing time with Cleveland. And one guy, he and he brings a great batting average. Like If he can bring the batting average, throw some power in there, I'm game. One guy who reminds me of, and it's a former Cleveland guardian, is Harold Ramirez. There's a lot of similarities with Oscar Gonzalez and Harold Ramirez. I think Oscar might have a little more power than Harold Ramirez, but uh, we all, most of us enjoy the idea of Harold Ramirez starting every day for Cleveland. Why not Oscar Gonzalez? So I like him quite a bit, hoping he'd be like maybe a third or fourth outfielder in most of my leagues, but uh, we'll have to see if any helium comes from his postseason. He had the walk-off home run. We'll see what he does in round two here, but uh, I I like what we we can see from him. Now, are you higher on him or Stephen Kwan next year? That's a good one. And in I, very different ballplayers, too. Very different. I would say Oscar Gonzalez, because I'm still not sold on Stephen Kwan's power. I don't want just a, de- a stolen base only guy, and that's my concern. Yeah, it was like Kwan, like, showed that little bit of power. Like, remember early the in the year, end, like, yeah. a couple weeks, and then there's like nothing, yeah. and then another couple weeks at the end. So, yeah, I am, I like Kwan. I think both can be pretty solid 
fantasy bats. But yeah, I want to say like, what is Quan? Like, I, I still don't know. Like, he's gonna be great average, a little bit of speed, but like, where's that great power? real life leadoff hitter? That's yeah. what he is. Absolutely, yeah. Chris. What are your thoughts on? Well, we we talked we already talked Quan. So how about Oscar Gonzalez? There's one big number that scares me away, and it's O swing. He chases nearly fifty percent of the time. 48.3% O-swing on the season. And that just terrifies me because I have trouble believing he can sustain this batting average chasing at that kind of rate. He doesn't walk at all. It's kind of evident, you know, based on the amount of chase that he has. You know, he only walked – he walked less than 4% of the time this year. Even in AAA, walked 3.3% of the time. Walks have never been a part of his game. So the strikeout rate was down, though, which is interesting. Considering the amount of chase – it's just pretty insane to see the numbers that he put up because he made pretty good contact even outside the zone, and his zone contact is really good as well. But it does scare me a bit. Like if he continues to chase, like pitchers are going to throw him breaking balls, you know, outside the zone. I'm afraid that he's just going to whiff so much, and that's going to scare me away a bit. I think obviously I like the profile in a fantasy sense where he can provide that power and bang average, but I'm just afraid that that could cause it to go wrong. So I definitely like to see him chase less. And that wasn't really the case like down the stretch. Like I was hoping when I pulled up his rolling graph, like of O swing, like it gotten better throughout the year, but it really didn't down the stretch. So that's going to scare me away a bit, depending on the price. Like I'm going to be in, I don't think he goes too high, but I I'm not sure how high like you know what what do we think he can get to i don't really know because that that number does scare me a lot the chase rate yeah i i, I like oscar gonzalez but i feel like he's gonna be a little high for adp for me for my liking because so i think there's you know a 275 and maybe 20 home run bat there but i think people are gonna be paying for you know you know you had hitter like he was this year but like you mentioned chris the o swing was very high as a copy bias levels and then you know only a three point nine percent walk rate, so you got to wonder. You know, luckily you know there's not wasn't a lot of you know the whiff rate wasn't too high. It was right around league average. K rate was at nineteen point six. So he, he puts the bat on the ball, which is obviously a good thing. But I mean, he doesn't provide really any speed, even though he had a pretty solid sprint speed. He's never been a guy that ran a ton. So you're looking at the f- other four categories, and if he he takes a dip in that average department, I think he's going to be. A bit overvalued for me, but we'll see. And I think there's more power on the tank. You look at him; he, he's basically Fran Reyes size. He's six four two four. He's a big dude, so that doesn't always translate power, obviously. But I do think there is a little bit more power in the tank. So maybe they'll offset it. You know, a little bit of average drop, a little more power. Maybe he can get twenty five home runs. We'll see. But yeah, definitely an intriguing guy heading into twenty twenty three. And same with this guy, who I didn't realize how good this guy was in September. You know, he's a guy where you look at the metrics and they don't jump off the page. Page actually doesn't have a great quality of contact metrics or anything like that. But look at what he did just on the surface in September. Oswaldo Cabrera, 252, 328, 476. Doesn't jump out, but six home runs, three steals, 18 runs, 17 RBI. This is a guy that, after being, you know, kind of a afterthought in the prospect world for a handful of years, broke out in a big way in 2021 between double A and triple A, hit 29 home runs and 21 steals. And then this year before coming up had nine home runs and 13 steals in just 52 games. So that's what 38 and 34 in 170 games. So, and they still power speed blend that he showed for the Yankees down the stretch. Are you buying into that, Bubba? Is he a guy you're going to be targeting next year? I'm not there yet. Not there yet. There's still a lot of, as Chris mentioned with the last guy, there's still a lot of swing and miss in this guy too. Only a, an oak, a contact rate of 74 is not bad. I'd like to see more. He's also at 13.4% swinging strike rate and a little more plate discipline for the youngster. He's at like 25, 27, 28% strikeout guy, even throughout the minors, which you'd like to see a little lower before coming up to the bigs. Obviously a great place to play Yankee stadium, usually a good lineup to play in. Not going to discount that, but I want to see a little more from him. The, the 2021 was a great season. 2022, not bad. So there are some nice power speed combos there. I just think, as usual, there'll be a Yankees tax, and I usually don't pay a Yankees yeah. tax. And so for that reason, I'm pretty sure I'll be out. And I just I got to see more to make sure he's actually the real deal. Yeah, that's fair. How about you, Chris? I guess my biggest question with Cabrera is, does he have a spot? You know, he kind of played a utility role for him down the stretch. I think we saw enough from Oswald Peraza 
that he is their shortstop moving forward. Like he was extremely good down the stretch too. He played second and short. It'll be interesting to see how this lineup shakes out. I just don't think the Yankees go into next season with Oswaldo Cabrera as a starter. He does benefit from the fact that he's a switch hitter. He's very versatile. So maybe he does play some kind of utility role because we did see him kind of play all over the place. But is the playing time consistent enough and are the Yankees willing to commit to him, say, we believe this bat's good enough where he's going to be in the lineup pretty regularly? Because we saw him at first base this year. We saw him at second base, third base, shortstop, left field, right field. So literally everywhere in the diamond but center. So at least that's encouraging that he does have that versatility. I just genuinely have no clue, you know, what this lineup shakes out to be next year. So that's my only hesitation with him, at least early on. I wonder if he swats into the outfield a bit more next year. Yeah, that's where that's where he played. You know, I say he played in a couple of different outfield spots. They're probably maybe losing Aaron Judge, so we'll see. I want. I wonder if that he slides up the, out there primarily and still gets a little bit of time at various infield spots as well. I think maybe he just stays in that super utility role and. You know, maybe still gets you know 500, 550 play appearances over the course of the year. I think that's I think it's possible too. But yeah, yeah. he's the one that I'll definitely keep an eye on. I'll definitely uh, have him. I'm not gonna like write him off my board or anything like that. But he's one that I'll definitely you know, kind of you know if he, if he's there at oh I don't even know what an ADP range I'd be okay taking him at like what after 250, 250, 300 or so. I think I'd be I'd buy in. Do you think that's fair, guys, or what, what do you think he's gonna go? Yeah, I'm, I'm it's fair. That. I think he's closer to 200. Just because of the Yankees, if if they if because I'm with yeah. Chris also, I don't know if he's got a job, but if if yeah. we find out in spring that he's gonna be a starting outfielder for the Yankees, he's going up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's another one that'll definitely rise in like Mar- or, you know, March drafts if he's you know look like he's playing every day in spring training as an outfielder. Yeah, definitely yeah. see that price tag go up a, a good bit. This next guy, I think, is actually a guy that I'm going to have in a lot of drafts because I don't think the kind of public have really caught on to how good this guy kind of is under the hood and that's brian de la cruz from the miami marlins 25 year old outfielder you know overall hit 252 13 bombs in 355 plate appearances but he was red hot down the stretch in 94 plate appearances in september slash 388 419 718 six home runs 22 rbi and 16 runs scored is a bit aggressive you saw like the obp not being much higher than the average walk rate only 5.3 percent in September, but doesn't you know? There's not a huge whiff rate issue here. You whiff and chase are a little bit worse than than league average, but not a ton. Solid quality of contact metrics here as well. 11.9 percent barrel rate, 47.3 hard hit rate. XBA and X slug are both much higher than his average and slug were. I think there's a lot to like here. It adds a little bit of speed. You know, he had four steals. Maybe he's a you know five to eight steal guy. Just add a little something something there as well. I think we could see like a 270 plus guy with 25 to 30 bombs and a handful of steals next year. I think he could be kind of what we were hoping Ian Happ was this year. Bubba, is he a guy you're buying in on? Definitely. Definitely. I like Brian Day of the Cruz quite a bit. I had him late in drafts this past year. What you see is what you kind of get. So I'm going to say is the dude hits for average. He's hit it for average throughout his entire career. And that's something you just can't like teach someone in this era of baseball. He strikes out 24, 25%. That's just what he does. It was less early on in his career. But he hits like 285, 290 plus with chances at 300. He's got the power that continues to develop as he gets older. He's only 25 years old. And throughout his minors, you saw anywhere from like five to 10 stolen bases in the air. So, like you said, there's a nice power speed combo, really solid batting average asset. And he's still super young, still developing. We've seen guys, he's 25. What's going to do them when he's 26 and 27? Like this could take another step, which is a, a beautiful thing. So, this is one of those guys I'd like to be, I don't know if early on is the right word, but I'd like to be on board this year for sure. Yeah, he's definitely going to play too. Obviously, he's already kind of established himself as a starter, and you know Miami's got really nothing else that's going to take his spot away. Like, what else are they playing in the outfield? You know, obviously, Garcia really fell off this year. Blade's kind of been meh. You know, Sanchez has been wildly inconsistent. Yeah, they're not going to. They're playing him a lot of DH anyway. So, yeah, I think he's definitely got a long leash there too. So, I, I like that as well. Chris, what are your thoughts on De La Cruz? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I Like Bubba, I drafted him a lot and then kind of dropped him because he wasn't really doing much and then came back strong to finish the year. And you know, down the stretch, he was pretty valuable to a lot of my teams. He hit the ball. He hits the ball extremely hard, but he really started hitting the ball hard you know, from July 1st on. 
His average EV from July 1st through the end of the year was 92.2, which is very impressive. A 280 average over that time, nine home runs. As we've mentioned, you know, really down the stretch in September, you know, we saw the power really come come to fruition with six home runs over the final month. 388, 388 average. That's huge. Like, there's a lot of value to be had here. And opposite of the Yankees, like he's going to get discounted because he's on the Marlins. So <laughs> he he's going to have a spot too. Like, I don't see anybody else taking playing time from him, as you mentioned. So I'll be totally on board with Brian De La Cruz for next year. Yeah, I think I think we all are going to be on there. But this next guy, I want to be on board. I just I don't know where the price is going to be on him. I think it's going to be pretty high with how he played. Really, not this is not just really an end of the season guy. It was more so a second half of the season guy. But Jake McCarthy was absolutely like he was John Barrity after John Barrity was John Barrity, and John Barrity stopped being John Barrity. McCarthy got took his spot. Thankfully, I wish I, I got him in a couple leagues. I'm glad, but I wish I had him in a little bit more. Look at what he did overall in 354 plate appearances, 23 bags, 283, 342, 427 slash line, added in eight home runs. You know, the quality of contact doesn't is not that great, but he's a guy that never was a big power guy in the minors, though he did have 15 home runs in between double A and triple A last year. So I think he's a guy that could be double digits. But kind of what I wrote in an article not too long ago on Fantrax HQ was he gives me a little bit of some Tommy Edmond vibes. Maybe he won't have quite the same power as Edmond, but Edmond wasn't really a big power guy until he kind of had the, those spurts this year. But guy that's going to give you like, you know, 10, 12 home runs, could give you 30 plus deals with a solid average. He's a, uh, he was a 285 hitter in the minor leagues. Speed was absolutely legit. He, I think it was a 90, yeah, 98th percentile sprint speed. Man, I, I don't know where he's going to go, but are you, are you going to buy, are you going to buy in? On McGee or, or not McGee McCarthy? Are you gonna you know, buy that a high price tag? That's probably gonna be there, Bubba. That's the problem. I think he's gonna be the definition of helium. I don't think he's the same player, but he reminds me of what we're gonna see when people drafted Miles Straw last year. Oh, a lot yeah. of similarities in that respect. Where it's like, hey, I got this guy with all this speed, gets on base, scores some runs, all this cool stuff. And it's just like, man, if for some reason the power doesn't show up or takes a little bit of a step back, that's gonna hurt in a big, big way. So. That's going to make it hard for me. Like I love McCarthy. He's he was great down the stretch for a lot of teams. I'm just worried the helium's going to be way too much. It's one of those, if you draft like right now, it's going to cost way too much. Maybe it dies down in like December and January, and it's going to crank up again February and March. So, yeah, I'm probably out, unfortunately. Chris, how about you? Yeah, he just doesn't hit the ball hard at all, and I don't know how much power we can expect, or even if he has a – job an everyday job at that because the diamondbacks are pretty loaded when it comes to an outfield standpoint they they obviously have the prospects corbin carroll's not going anywhere at this point he's up far is going to play in center field where does jake mccarthy fit in is he the everyday right fielder he was down the stretch but they have a lot of mouths to feed there and they've got more of these younger guys on the way like i mean what are they going to do with alec thomas like are they going to send him back down to triple a and just let him kind of just be there i don't think so i mean thomas was unimpressive but he's still one of their top prospects and i think he gets another shot so in that case you know they're gonna have to figure out this lineup and who knows they may even make an acquisition or two in the offseason and i feel like mccarthy's the first one out among this group like i don't they're not taking carol out of the lineup they're not taking varsha out of the lineup so i just don't really see you know a reason to buy in as you mentioned the helium is going to be crazy I think he goes inside the top 150, and I'm just not willing to pay that. I'm kind of there with you. I think it's going to be too high. He's got I'll want to have, but I can see the first couple of drafts. I can see him going maybe maybe near top 100. I wouldn't surprise. I think the ADP will probably be closer to 150, but I, I think those min picks are going to be probably in like the 90 something range. Just like you know, people think like, oh, he has 35 steals and yep. solid average and 15 home runs. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Miles Straw, but better. Yeah, where, where better was Straw Miles going? Straw. He where was like around 100 ish. Yeah, he was like a little earlier, 110, 120 range. Yeah. But yeah, some so, he went higher. Yeah, so I could definitely see McCarthy shaking in the top 100. He'll be the he'll be the, the the team that punted stolen bases early. It's now they're reaching and they go get Jake McCarthy. Yep, that's yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I want to see where he goes, but I would love to have him. But I think that price tag will. If he's top 100, I'm out. If he's closer yep. to 150, okay, I can see myself taking the stab on him. But we'll see. 
he's a be he's a be a fun one to see where he ends up though. Next guy here, Rowdy Telez, kind of a couple of guys that ended on on power streaks here. I remember when I said earlier that Suarez had 15 home runs from August 1st on, which is tied for fourth best in baseball. He was tied with this guy, Rowdy Telez. But while Rowdy hit a bunch of home runs, he also, after August 1st, hit 196 with a 290 OBP. But, you know, look at a lot of the, the metrics. They don't signal, you know, the kind of low average and, and whatnot he showed. It was 12% walk rate, very good. Only a 21.2% K rate. And he's a guy that hit for good average in the minor leagues as well. I think, that Bubba, I think Rowdy's going to be, I think he's going to be good value next year. So I think people will look at the average and kind of go elsewhere, but I don't think that's what he is. I think he could be, and maybe he's not going to be a 280, but maybe 250 and maybe 35 home runs and some good counting stats. Yeah, I'm, I've always been team Rowdy. And you mentioned, like, you look at the metrics, go deeper. He actually has better contact swing rates, everything than as, as Waldo Cabrera we were talking about. And yep. everyone's all about that. The dude can hit, literally could hit 40 plus home runs. And I would not be shocked. This is what Big Rowdy does. For those that believe in advanced metrics, not everybody does. He had a 252 XPA. He had 265 last year, 283 the year before. Something is going to click eventually where like those hits get through that the metrics are saying he should be getting. Let's just put it that way. You hit the ball as hard as Rowdy does. Things are going to start going. Is he going to hit 250? Maybe not. But 235, 240 with 35 to 40 home runs is outstanding at his price point. So I will continue to be team rowdy until I'm like I'm blue in the face. But then, yeah, <laughs> big fan. And you look at him, he's he's always been a heavy ground ball guy. 40% this past year, 42 the year before, basically. And it's just line drives and, uh, and fly balls. If he can start maybe lowering the ground ball to closer to 30%, sky could be the limit for this guy. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big rowdy fan. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, as you mentioned, like surprisingly doesn't swing and miss often. Like a 9.3% swing strike rate is yeah. you know 2% below league average, which is pretty impressive when you think about somebody like Rowdy. Because I think when you think about this power profile, you think about somebody that because he doesn't hit for high average, you assume that he's striking out a lot. But he doesn't really whiff that often. You know, 20% K rate, 10.4% walk rate. Like those are things you like to see. Yeah, I mean, you can be concerned about him being platooned, but he still had plenty of plate appearances against left-handed pitchers this year. Still played, you know, 153 games, so he still got plenty of production from him. And that, to me, is not a platoon player. And even if he is, who cares if you're getting 35 home runs near 90 RBI? Like, I think the average trends upward. I don't think he's a 220 hitter. I think we see better than that. So I, I definitely buy in next year, depending on where he goes. All right, let's end the show strong here with a guy that I think is my new like young player crush. I dumped Kelnick for this guy, Vinny Pasquantino. Did you, did you, did you text Kelnick to tell him, or did you talk mm-hmm. to him man to man? I went over to his house over in, where is he? In, he lives in Wisconsin or something like that. Yeah, he's a whiskey I, boy. Yeah. yeah, so I did it in person. You can't, you can't dump somebody over the phone or over text. That's just not cool. Just, make, just making sure, just checking. Yeah. I'm not an asshole, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to put words in your mouth. I was just asking. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, Vinny Pasquantino. I, I freaking love Vinny Pasquantino. Yeah. Like, I, I can't tweet about him enough. Look at what he did from August 1st on. He missed a little bit of time, but 177 plate appearances, slash 346, 424, 536, seven bombs, more walks than strikeouts, 11.9% walk rate, 8.5% strikeout rate. 414 MOBA, 172 WRC plus, 85.7% contact rate, 93% zone contact rate, 6.6% swing and strike rate. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I even put out, I tweeted the other day, just have a little fun with it, that I think there's like a 5 to 10% chance that he outperforms Vladimir Guerrero Jr. next year. And that was not an anti-Vlad thing. I even put that in the tweet because people will be like, oh, you hate Vlad. But that just shows how good Vinny P can be. Yep. So how, how, how high are you going, like, are you are you willing to take him? You know, so, say he's there top. You think he's gonna be there top fifty, top sixty? Where, where are you okay taking him next year, Bubba? I think the more I look into him, I'm gonna have to move him up because, like, I I was gonna reference that the draft we already done seven rounds in. He went six point eight to Rob DiPietro. I took Reese Hoskins. That tw- four, I took Ross. Twelve teamer. Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen in DC. Fifteen. So it's yeah, it's sixty eight picks in, or something like that. And uh, I took Hoskins at sixty four. But I'm also yeah. Reese's Pieces Homer. I think there's a lot of similarities there. I think Vinny P's got a better batting average. The more I dig into him, he's very good. Uh, that's that's the hard part with this. I don't know if I can go top 50 with them. Like, do you take him over Paul Goldschmidt? Maybe. Take him over Matt Olson? 
an interesting conversation. I can um, take him over Olsen, not Goldie. I think I think Goldie will go higher than that. But I he think did. I could... But I mean, if you move Vinny up, you're getting closer to those guys. Yeah, I could take him over Olsen. I could see that. So that's kind of the debate you have to have with yourself. And I can't say any side of it's right or wrong, to be honest. I think Vinny's very good. He's young. He should get better. He He's a tough one for me, though, because I have such a hard time taking young players that haven't even played a full season so early. Like Chris is talking about being risk averse. I'm a very risk averse drafter, sometimes to my detriment. And that that's a thing. But Chris also talked about how power was an issue. It's been an issue for me two straight years now. And like, I'm really trying to figure out like, like I had Christian Walker two years ago. Why didn't I have him this year? Stuff like that. <laughs> Vinny P could be a dude that hits 35 to 40 homers. And that's game changer type stuff. So he's a guy I really plan on digging in on more. And I have a hard time arguing with anybody that says top 50. I can't argue that right now. I wasn't there like a month ago when we started drafting. But the second I picked Hoskins and then Vinny P went four picks later, I was very angry and the Zoom call was very entertaining. <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah. In my early first base rankings that I put out on our Patreon that I'm put, I'll put on, on on Fantrax in probably a few weeks, I have Vinny P as my uh, sixth first baseman. I almost put him five behind Olsen. I had the top four were Freeman, Alonzo, Vladdy, and Goldschmidt. I almost put Vinny P number five. I think he definitely could get ahead of Olsen. I think he's at similar power upside, or at least close to it, and I think a lot more average upside than Olsen. And yeah, I am I'm kind of with you there though, Bubba, on not drafting like these young guys that early. But I think if you were to do one, like he feels a lot safer than most young guys, yeah. you know, because this is like the profile that we were talking about, you know, the approach and the power and all that. Yeah, he won't provide you any speed, and that's another issue there. But I think he's going to be a very high floor, very safe four-category guy that could really – he might be a guy that could finish a top 25 overall. I think he could be that high. But we'll see if that happens next year, if that's, you know, year three or whatnot. But, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, VDP here? I love him. I'm just afraid the hype gets too much and the power potential is – gets overblown because the only reason because he plays in Kansas City like Kansas City suppresses power he hit 10 last year and it was six at home four on the road but and and I don't swear by expected home runs or anything like that but it's just interesting to look at every other stadium and how many more he projects like he projected like 21 in Cincinnati 19 in Houston and New York and for the Yankees 18 in Colorado like you see all these big numbers, and Kansas City is just not a big power park. And Vinny had 15 expected home runs versus 10 actual. So I just wonder, like, how many does he get to? I, I think he's got 30 home run power based on you know, all the metrics we've seen. He makes and he makes so much contact that only helps that. But it'll be interesting. I, he may be one where it's an adjustment year next year where, you know, he had half a year in the bigs and then, you know, there's an adjustment period and then he comes back strong, but I still like him. I'll probably try to get him in some leagues, but God, if he's pushing top 50. I don't know if I'm willing to go there. Yep, that's uh, tough. Who would you guys rather have for just 2023 Vinny P or Andrew Vaughn? Who? Aha. I'm going to go. Man, Tony, the Russo's not there to screw it up anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, know, right? man, that's a game Thankfully. changer. That's a really good question. Whew, I bet they'll be very similar production-wise. Vaughn's going to go a lot later, too. Yep. I'd probably go Vaughn just for like that just, part of it. Just at price. And I think yep. he's going to still get better, too. We saw how much better he's already gotten. And you guys are the prospect guys. Remember, I actually I actually saw Vaughn play for Cal, and I was just like, whoa. Like, it's another yeah. level on that diamond. Yep. The dude is good, and that's why I got mad because they wouldn't play him consistently. It's like the kid cannot develop if you don't play him. Right. This is ridiculous. It's and we cra- saw it this year. Crazy you guys are going better than I am. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think that's a great comparison, and the guy you could probably get like 100 picks later. Yeah. How about Vinny P or Jimenez? Vinny probably, P. I'd probably go Eloy even with the injury risk. I don't trust the injuries. That's my problem. That's yep. just me. And that's yeah. those a real risk. <laughs> I don't know who I would take that. They're they're very close for me. See, I can't argue that one. Like, that's the thing with Vinny P. There's such a wide array of what could happen. It's hard to like either side argue like make a strong argument against it. Yeah, projections absolutely. on Vinny P. are going to be wild to see. They're going to be all over the board. Can't wait, Twitter. Don't go on Twitter that day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but we still will go on Twitter. Oh, of course. That's what, what else do I have to do? Right. Exactly. We just go on Twitter, talk baseball. You know, write articles and record podcasts. That's what we that's all do. And we love it. 
but that will wrap us up bubba thanks for coming on man always a blast chatting with you we'll be seeing you in a a few weeks here out in arizona it's looking forward to that so uh, again thanks for coming on and why don't you take a second to plug all your work and all the where you can be found guys thanks for having me on it's always great talking to you guys here in person wherever but uh, you guys are two of the good good guys out there so i appreciate you guys having me i'm on twitter at bdntrick all of my stuff gets tweeted out way too often there so check that out but fantrax hq baseball hq fantasy pros and then now gaining the edge fantasy with mike curlin michael Simeone, and jorge montanez they're going to be ramping things up here this month of October and really cranking up with rankings and whatnot in November. So join the Patreon over there if you'd like. There'll be free content too, but if you want the whole cha-cha, they've already gotten most of Simeon's and Curlin's Discord together now. So there's a lot of people in there. If you guys want to have some fun, just at least talk trash to Curlin. It's worth <laughs> it's worth the, like the five bucks in itself right there. Trust me. I'll, I'll help you out. So come join the fun. Oh, well, I, I can also do that for free though. That's true. You I have just, that luxury. You we, have that we can luxury. just text curl and just talk talk trash that way. But um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, I couldn't recommend gaining the edge more. Like these four guys love these guys. They're very knowledgeable. Like I said, they bring different, you know, different content. So you can hit a bunch of different things on there, a bunch of different topics. So definitely highly recommended. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow all of us on Twitter, you know, Roto Clegg, Eric Cross04. Bubba just said his. Ours is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of Chris and my written work at Fantrax HQ or over on our Patreon, of course. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care. Yeah.